Kia ora. Hey, so a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the Great Commission. We've been thinking about mission in, um, at Parklands in May. We looked at the Great Commission, and then last week, um, uh, uh, Anita did a great job of looking at the image of God. I quite liked, read this week someone who said, um, the image of God is about God choosing to work from home. I quite liked, I thought that's a lovely concept, and of course that's your home and my home. Um, and today, in our, um, are we able to swap over to the streamer for a moment? Um, Transcend had, uh, Aratahi had suggested that we use the um, go with the grain, and we're kind of doing that and kind of not, um, because um, we went the way things that went. Uh, this morning we're going to listen to a couple of people, we'd like, Chayat, Gail, would you like to come up and join us? That'd be lovely. Going to have a bit of a conversation with Chayat and Gail. They're going to update us on what they've been doing, how things have been. If you don't know these charming, delightful people, um, uh, they have they're a couple of the missionaries we've been supporting. Grab a mic and a chair. So going to have a bit of a chat together so that it updates people on who they are and what they've been doing and what God's been doing among them. So welcome. Nice to have you here. Yep. Um, I thought I'd, just because we love the Bible at Parklands, we know that it grounds us and it fronts us up to things that aren't, we will remake God in our own image if we don't have things that stop us from doing that. And one of the, that's one of the things where the Bible's really important. So I thought, I'd, we talked about this earlier, and thought to start with, if you've got a favourite Bible passage, something that really sings for you. Okay. Um, oh, hold on, just make sure it's on. Green light's on. Oh, the green light's, yeah, it's on yeah. then. Hello. Yes. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Um, yeah, I'm Gail, and uh, I, I use my phone, I'm sorry, but my mind sort of goes a little bit blank when I sit up in front of a lot of people. Um, um, so in my faith journey, uh, different verses have strengthened and encouraged me at different times, and I love the verses which embrace the humanity of Jesus, and especially the incarnation of Jesus. Um, John 1:14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's really been a challenge as um, I've been called. Um, so Christ leaving heaven, and uh, for us, especially encouraged me while living in another country, using another language, and in another, uh, you know, cross-culturally. And then in my hard times, which there were many, um, Psalm 61, when it says, Hear my cry, O Lord, uh, tend unto my prayer. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. So I just, you know, God has really been my rock over the many, many years. Mm. Chai. Yeah, I, to be honest, I read the Bible more as a story. But uh, I use Psalms a lot, Psalms and the Lord prayer for my meditation. But uh, the, the, the part of scripture that make me focus is on Genesis 12, uh, 1, 2, 3, that God called Abraham to, be, to journey with him. And the word I love is the last one said, uh, after God bless Abraham, through you, I will bless the family of the earth. And that the word I love, the word family of the earth. And uh, Matthew 28, uh, 1920, Jesus wanted the church and me to go to disciple all nations. And the last passage that I, the most helped me is uh, Revelation 7, 9. When John said, I saw the multitude of the people and 
cannot count from every tongue, tribes, language, and, and nation. They all were wearing uh, white clothes in front of the throne, in front of the Lamb. So make me conclude that the Great Commission will be complete at the end. So uh, encouraging me that I'm part of winning team that with God. Absolutely, and that's that big story of the Bible, isn't it? A beginning, a sort of a commissioning to say, I'm going to use you to bless others, and then at the end you see that all have been blessed, yep, which is fantastic. Hey, so look, I'm, I'm new kid on the block here. Um, you were being supported by this church before I was. Um, so how long have we been supporting you? What's, how long has there been a relationship? Do you know? Well, I sure do. Uh, so I, uh, it's um, the uh, Parklands have been partnering with us uh, since about the 2000. It, uh, our connection became, uh, started with Roger Spicer and... Then it has developed different people. Um, teams have come over. Uh, Jill and David have come over to visit, and Malcolm, Wendy, and Kevin and Angela. You might be next, but you know they also, yeah, became involved in mission. So beware. Um, the su- support. That, I'd like just to add this: the support that we've received has been financial and prayer. And when we've come back, and we've always felt. Um, a sense of having a spiritual home here. And we so appreciate the practical ways that people have helped us, like taking our kids fishing and, um, you know, providing a car like Tui and Phil. You know, there's just so many things over those many years that people here have um, supported us when we've come back. It's been very great. What, um, what kind of things are we doing in Thailand? Uh, there are three stage, stages. Stages? Yeah. 30 years ago, we newly married uh, after working with refugee. We went very south of Thailand to plan to do a church planting, but they suggest that we are cross-cultural married. Newly married should not go to a very difficult job to be pastoring the local church. And we did that for two years, and then Gail's dad passed away. So we moved back to Christchurch to spend time with your mum. You can tell this. I think you've just been tagged. Yeah, yeah after <laughs> that. So, yeah, um, what have we been doing? Yeah, so we had our first child, so this is sort of from a mum's um, in Thailand. Daniel was born in Thailand. We came back, um, spent some time in New Zealand, four years, when, when our, and had our second child. And then child, we went, while that, during that time, child was work, studying in Laidlaw. Uh, we were building relationships here, and then we went back. And we went. We were invited to to. I was invited to be a dean of Bible college, so we were teaching in Bible college for two two years, and then uh, we moved out again to do church planting at the south, and then we planted the church. And after a while, the church said, "We have church here. Can, why don't you start?" A, leadership training. So we have a leadership training there. And then back to the 10 years ago, we moved to the north to do more mission mobilizing. Because there are a lot of, we want to work to mobilize the church to do a mission. So we go to the place that many churches. So that was, you moved to Chiang Mai at that stage? Yes. And then we've been doing that for 10 years. My role is the national uh, coordinator of Kairos course, so building team, upskill, 
lot of things that we do before we came here. Mm. That the last 10 years we've been mission mobilizing. And then you were, you'd, I, we'd had a little chat, you were looking at moving towards southern Thailand. You were, you were something about the sea gypsies people, kind of vagrant, um, but you were in New Zealand and COVID came. Anyone remember COVID? <laughs> um, and suddenly Thailand was shut. I mean, lots of countries were shut, but Thailand was shut for a couple of years, wasn't it? They were quite, yep, um, which left you here. What did you get up to when you're, st when you're stuck in New Zealand? Um, yeah, we, we were in New Zealand when the global um, borders closed. Chart actually just got back just in time because we had been in New Zealand um, to visit family and then he heard that his father was really sick so he um, had to do an emergency sort of trip back to Thailand and he got back here just in February, just in time before the borders closed again. Um, so that was sort of trying because then his dad was dying basically and he was caught here. Um, and then it has been a, you know, COVID has been a blessing to us in some ways because when we were caught here, I went, uh, during our lockdown, I spent with my mother. We spent with my mother and Dinah Isaac Retirement Village when we had to lock down and so that was really precious times there. After that, we went up to Auckland and we... You know, no one knew when the borders were going to open again, so we started. Li we were living with a young family with two preschoolers to make things work, and then I was working in a preschool there, uh, which was also um, God-directed. Uh, I felt like uh, God spoke to my heart for such a, a time as this, I have chosen you. And at that time during COVID, so many people, immigrants where I was working, their, their parents were immigrants, and their parents couldn't come, they couldn't get in the country, you know, they were stuck, they were caught with um, preschoolers, and so I became like a surrogate grandmother, and uh, when I had to leave like a year ago, there were many tears, you know, people loved me, um, and then about a year ago we decided, because my mum was getting frail, that we would come back down to Christchurch, and that was also such a blessing, because we got down here like six days before she passed away. And so I could spend those six days with her, and which was very precious after having so many years away. So COVID has been a blessing to me in many ways. For me, life under COVID spreading in New Zealand is uh, a great time for reflecting on different things and uh, trusting God about our future, but helping me to look things in a different perspective and reality of, of handover Part the baton to young generation in, in the future and time with family and thinking about something approaching me that I don't like at the retirement. retirement uh, I've heard old. of such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what but you um, try, you know, part of your gifting is teaching. Yes. And so even when you were in Auckland, yeah. you. So in the, in the, from a very busy time, come to be, cannot do very much in New Zealand, I started to utilize my a little social media skill. So I used Zoom meeting and start YouTube channel to teach Bible online. Uh, and uh, I, can, I produce a hundred, more than 100 teaching sessions on my library. And it, at, until today, more than 250 people watching my session every week, so that I I feel that encouraging. Mm. 
I've, I've watched some of it. Uh, my tie is non-existent, oh, so I... I how, how's my tie? Ah, uh, well, uh, pff, uh, 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 pass. <laughs> um, can you, in your time at Thailand, are there any stories of people or things that have really struck you there? Time in Thailand, um, how, how can you sort of do 30, 40 years over? And, but uh, one of the ones for me, personally, when we were in Chiang Mai, uh, we used to go out and walk our dog, and there was this girl that we'd always see, and she would walk past us, and she would hide her face, and, you know, event, you know she would sort of, sort of smile, but hide her face, and eventually we realised that she had um, quite a serious cliff, cliff lip, and uh, so we... She always walked with her cousin, so we sort of got to know them and talk with them, that she was like a maid or a servant in one of the houses near us. Um, uh, and we discovered that she came from Burma, from a group called the Shan people, which meant that when she was in Thailand, um, she didn't have any medical opportunities to have that fixed. You know, in New Zealand, I think it's fixed, you know, relatively at birth. And so we got to know her and, oh, my heart really went out to her because, you know, it really affects, you know, when something's in your face, it really affects your confidence. And so uh, then when I heard of a group called Operation Smile, I thought, wow, these people come and they do that type of surgery for people. And I discovered that I researched and found that they would go to the Burmese border. And so I asked her, would you like this? And so we drove six hours together to a hospital on the Burmese border, and she had surgery. Now, I have a wee photo. Yep. I think I have a photo of her. Can you click on that, Scott? So her name is Ying, and just, you know, it just transformed her life. Just like a 15-minute surgery. It's not looking like it's going to work. No, you've tried clicking on it, it's not appearing? Keep talking and okay. we may have pictures appear. So, so we might see Ying uh, and it just transformed her, transformed her life into uh, a beautiful young woman. Yep. And then it happened again when we were in, uh, with the same group, Sean, we went into a church and this young boy, a young man, he also had the same. And we asked, would you like it? He says, oh no, I think God's created me like this. But then after a while he came back and he said, yeah, I'd be really interested. So... He was older, so he went himself, and he had the surgery done, and um, it really just transformed. So the things like that, that everyday things nice. that... Yep. What about you, Chad? I don't think we count on the images at the moment. Yeah. Yep. And uh, for me, is is a lot of Lynn, God works many uh, areas guiding us, but the, the, the little story that Gail told is it really picture of the kind of change you like to see? The what? The, it's the kind of change or transformation you want, you'd like to see? Uh, yeah, I like to see the Thai church uh, thinking they can do, even they're small, but they can do a great work with mm. God. Like sometimes they feel they're, they're small, they cannot do things God called them to do. That ought my, uh, my passion. I think, I think for, for me, um, doing the course, taking, running the course and seeing pastors sort of have that 
understand, a sudden understanding, a just huge thing, change of a paradigm shift in their thinking that they could become missionaries themselves. You know, they've had generations of white people coming in and being missionaries, and then they just realise, wow, we could be a missionary. Our church could send out missionaries. It's just such a transformation, and that's really what we, what we want, because the more like, the less barriers you have, the more likely the um, gospel can mm. influence. And like among Muslims, sometimes they open. Yeah. Is among Muslims sometimes they open to to Thai brown skin than a Western? They have a bit, sort of attitude of don't like white people from beginning. So it, so the mystery Thai people suit this sort of thing sometimes than yes. American try to reach Muslim in Thailand. Mm, actually, um, so I've got a really tiny thing to say at the end of all this, and it's a little bit about how cultures work together and a little bit of a picture of that kind of exchange that's a part of mission um, happening in the New Testament. Mm. Um, you had the chance to go back to Thailand relatively recently and to see how things were after COVID. What did you find? Yeah, after COVID, is the impact to maybe every country about social, economy, finance, the way of life. Uh, the church in the city facing a challenge because people lose their job and they go back to the village to mm. so have their own farm or something. So the, they cannot live in the city. The, the church lose member, lose income, maybe some stop functioning. But for me, I. When the trip, particular to, to spend time with Sea Gypsy, uh, the impact on them is tremendous as well because of they are fishermen, they cannot sell their fish, they they end up with a problem with socially drug or violence and um, and uh, government restricted, uh, they cannot fish certain area, uh, the businessman bought the land block the access for them to the beach or block them to go to school. So they're not looked after very well from government or mm. others. They're part of the burden for society rather than help them. So I hope and pray that God will open the door that we might mission trip or something for, with our church to try to minister to them in some way mm. as sometimes in the future. So now you're both living in Christchurch now? Yeah. Yes? Yep. Looking forward, what do things look like? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. Uh, we are sort of good. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, we are finding ourselves in the midst of a huge transition. Uh, wasn't planned. Most people plan when they come back. So we were sort of caught. Our stuff was, you know, we're, we sort of only had our bags when we came back. Um, so now we're looking at where to reside, where to locate. And, you know, we have two adult sons that both live in Auckland. So it's, it's a process of choosing where to be. Lots of relationships to consider. Uh, and... We would like to have a place that we can call home, but uh, we still ha we're still praying and asking the Lord really where that is mm. to be. For me, it's uh, so emergency to stop functioning in Thailand, so it's no time to prepare. So I still 
hope to do online thing like this as a supplement and if I can go back to Thailand a trip four months of not four months four weeks <laughs> or six weeks a year to sort it out I think the team and future of the our ministry handover that's a processing maybe need a bit of time to do that for the next three years in the future but at the moment do online and try to go to Thailand once a year possible that mm -hmm. what my at the moment, I'm at So, 30 years ago, you met in a refugee kind of setting in, in Thailand, and you guys have pretty much been serving there since. Yep. And so, it's a really challenging transition. And so, as a church, you get telling your story so that we can hear, to know, so that we can be praying for you, so that when you're talking with others, we can just, you know, because um, support doesn't stop with, oh, it's all, you know, everything wrapped up. It, it continues in that we would like to see you flourish here or in Auckland, wherever you go. Can I pray for you? And then um, thank you for all, all listening. God, we want to thank you for 30 years or more of service for uh, all the lives changed, for Thai churches that have flourished, for pastors who have seen a bigger picture, for the possibility that those who have been receiving missionaries send. And we want to lift up to you, um, Chayat and Gail, and ask for your provision and your guidance, and for lots of time where life is just good to be relished. Um, it's a difficult phase with all sorts of layers of grieving, but we pray for the new life that comes. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Lord. So, um, can we just... Um, I think we should acknowledge... Okay, and, and now I'm just um, going to shift for a moment. This is just a rave because I realised I've said a number of times that um, mission is about exchange, but I've never really said, how do we know that from the Bible? So I want to give you a very quick picture of it. So um, if you've got a Bible handy, this is Acts chapter 10. And Acts chapter 10 is, um, is a story of mission. And when we think about mission, what we normally think of is a courier driver. Here I am, I have the good news for you. I'm coming to give it to you, Johan. I'm giving you the good news. Here you are. Thank you very much. Mission done, and that's where our story stops. Yep, we think that way. Um, and it's true how blessed, uh, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of him or her who brings the courier package to your door. You know, there's this element of this is good. And then as time has gone on, I've started to realise there's much more going on. So just in, if you've got a Bible, Acts chapter 10, I want to try and, try and relatively quickly tell, tell you a story of over here we have got the disciples who are all Jewish and a bunch of other people and they're hanging around in Jerusalem. They've been told, they've had the Great Commission to get out there, but actually they're tending not to. And one reason why they're doing that is that a big thing for the Jews is purity. You're not allowed to touch things. You're not allowed to eat things. And why is that? Because you're supposed to, it's supposed to be a pure people for God. Yep, so it's a, there's a good thing. There's a whole um, long narrative about that in the, uh, in the theme of that in the Bible. And so they're hanging with themselves. And essentially, they have got a church happening over here. And it kind of suits them. It, it fits around what they want. There's some persecutions and things more complicated than that. And Acts chapter 10 starts with an outsider, Cornelius. And I'm going to imagine that this bearded white 
gentleman over here is Cornelius, and he's an outsider, he's a Roman, and he has a visitation, he's praying, and he has a visitation from an angel who says, hey, you need to send someone to go and get Simon Peter. So he sends somebody to go and get Simon Peter. Now, in the meantime, Simon Peter is um, having a, uh, up on a roof praying, and he has these visions, dreams, that are about purity, that are about breaching purity. And he's quite unsettled about this because this is how the church is built. And so he's kind of rattled about that. And then there's a knock on the door. And uh, sure enough, the conversation together, hey, do you want to come? And he thinks, okay, I'll come. And, and off he goes. This is sounding like a classic. He's being the courier service at the moment. He is delivering the good news to these people. He comes to the front door, um, breaks, um, Cornelius falls on his knees, and he says to Cornelius, get up off your knees. You know, I'm, I'm just a person. But he comes inside, and his opening line is, you know, I really shouldn't be here. Because he shouldn't be, because there are all these purity walls, right? So he shouldn't be there. And then he starts to preach. A very, I think it's a very Jewish sermon, but it's you know, your call as to how you interpret this. And he goes on for a while, okay? Well, um, as I am doing right now. And he goes on, and then suddenly the Holy Spirit falls on the gathered people. Ta-da, hence a uh, uh, tame Holy Spirit. And he goes, oh, oh my goodness. God has appeared in this place that is outside my purity kind of settings. Ah, oh, everything must change. We should get everyone baptised. Okay, story of mission over, right? The packet has been delivered. What we haven't got in the story is what does that mean for Peter as he goes back? See, remember, they've got all these strong purity rules. So we tend to think of mission as ascending, but actually, it's always an exchanging. Peter didn't know that God was working outside those purity walls. And God could have supernaturally revealed it. He did have a dream, but he couldn't fit the pieces together without actually going to see these guys and see it happen. And then he gets it. And then he goes back, and if you keep reading in Acts, you'll see there's quite a bit of um, committees and church politics as people try and figure out what do we do? What do we make these people who are not like us over here, who are now become Christians, do so they can get on with these guys who have these strong purity rules? So the story of mission in Acts 10 is an exchange. And the long-term vision is for a connecting of these people, which means here in the West where we traditionally think we send out a missionary to go and do good things and we send them money and we pray for them, we go, oh, 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 aren't we doing good? Um, we're missing something. In this story, the sending people had a need to change. If I can go, I'm not sure if I can go back in this. These guys here to capture more of the good news of Jesus, needed to somehow get connected with these guys here. So all I wanted to do here was say, when we're thinking about missions, there's a bit more for us to do. And it's kind of wonderful that many of the countries that have traditionally been receiving Western missionaries are now sending them. And some of them are being sent to the West, where we don't have so many Christians. And maybe we are missing things. So back to this. When you have a chance to listen to any missionary, I did miss something I was going to ask you guys. I was going to ask you, what do you miss being over here? What are the strengths 
of living in Thailand, of the Thai Christians, that we could do with more of. And I've missed that, so you're going to have to ask them individually. (laughs) But that sense that God working, yes, God could supernaturally do all this stuff without using people, but it does appear to be that God's method of choice is in building with relationships with people who are not like you. And most of us do this all the time. Most of us are working with people who aren't necessarily like us, living across the road with people who aren't like us. They're everywhere. Um, There may be people who are exactly like you. You may have a twin. Congratulations. That's probably relatively easy. I wouldn't know. I don't have a twin. But the rest of us, this is what we face all the time. Mission is an exchange. It's not just that I've got good news for you, but you may have some aspect of the good news that I am blind to, that for me to know it, I need to be prepared to listen. So in light of that, uh, I'll just pray, and then can the team come up with a song and a blessing? Told you I'd try and be short. God, again, it is your heart to move amongst this world, to change us, to move us. Oh, have we got a last song? Yes, okay, cool. <laughs> um, to, and we love that you love us, that your love for us stretches way beyond what we can think. We love that your good news is of... Uh, freedom and transformation give us ears to notice when there are bits that we are missing give us hearts to reach across our barriers and see where your spirit is working amen thanks